Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Johnny Tan, author of From My Mama's Kitchen, Food for the Soul, Recipes for Living. Happy Halloween Monday and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio Show. Here's a quick announcement. Our October heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine designed to help moms build a better future for themselves, their families, and loved ones is now live at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. Our October's theme is Autumn, the Enchanting Season of Mindfulness. The magazine offers inspirational stories for our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com and treat yourself to some engaging, entertaining, and enlightening stories. You deserve it. As for our special Halloween radio show today, my guest for this morning is Corrine Kenneth. Corinne is an author, astrologer, tarot card reader, and owner of the Haunted Antique Shop in the land, Florida. She specializes in bringing metaphysical subjects down to earth. As a medium, she uses tarot and astrology to connect with spirits on the other side. Corinne has written over two dozen guidebooks on tarot and astrology and helped create several best-selling tarot decks. Her books have sold more than 200,000 copies, and many were translated into Chinese, French, Greek, Hungarian, Indonesian, Italian, Japanese, Polish, Portuguese, Romanian, Russian, Spanish, Turkish, and Vietnamese for her worldwide audience. In 2016, Corinne spent a month in the French castle writing a novel, a project that was featured on CNN. She has spoken at tarot conferences across the United States, Canada, and England. Corinne is also one of our featured expert contributors for our October Inspirations for a Better Living magazine. Please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her delightful story in the heart of the stove section. As for our kitchen table conversation this morning, Corinne and I will be talking about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Gently Haunted. True Stories from the Haunted Antique Shop. Good morning, Corinne. Happy Halloween Monday, and welcome to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. How are you doing today? Great. Happy Halloween. <laughs> Wonderful. It is a pleasure to have you on the air with me. Gently Haunted is a delightful and amazing read. It is beautifully written. I love all the photos in the book as they made it surreal. Congratulations on this release. Thank you. Yeah, it's been going really well. The book came out last month, just in time for spooky season. <laughs> and people really seem to like it, which is, it's, it's good, because it's really the most personal book I've ever written. Mm-hmm. I, I, um, I describe some of my own personal experiences and beliefs mm-hmm. and philosophy. And so I know it's spooky season, but that's kind of a scary thing to write, to put yourself out there for people to to learn and, and think <laughs> about, but I do like that it's gotten a good response. There you go. There you go. It's a wonderful book. I, I have to tell you, it's beautifully designed and, and it's engaging. That's the most important thing. To me, a book has to be a page turner and everything in the book uh-huh. does that. And that's what makes the difference. <laughs> well, and I'm glad you like the photos in it too, because I really wanted to illustrate what I see. It's mm-hmm. one thing to read about something on a on a page with words, but then when you mm-hmm. actually see the photo of mm-hmm. a haunted object, for example, it just brings it that much more to life. So true. So true. So let us start by getting to know you a little bit better. Please give us a quick walkthrough of your life from childhood to the present moment. And by the way, we do have the whole sure. hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I, I was raised on a farm in North Dakota. Most people don't know anyone from North Dakota, so hello, here I am. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it was it was very isolated there. I mean, it was mm-hmm. really close to the Canadian border. It was a family farm. For miles around, there was basically no one. Other farms nearby had some of my cousins. So that was it. Was an interesting way to grow up. 
But for balance, I would spend summers in Minneapolis, where my mother was from. Mm. So I kind of grew, had the best of both worlds. I had the farm during most of the year and summers on a lake shore in Minnesota. I wound up going to school to study writing, first of all. Partway mm-hmm. through school, I decided to change my major to philosophy, which is then what I, I wound up with a bachelor's degree in philosophy. And that has been the best training for what I do now, which is exploring the supernatural world. Mm-hmm. I read tarot cards for the most part. I supplement those with astrology. And for me, it's all about the art of telling stories and helping other people connect with their own stories as well. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Thank you. And, you know, on the personal side, too, I, I'm married. I have four children who are all grown young adults now. So it's, it's nice now to be moving into the second stage of my life where I'm more focused on my own creative projects as opposed to making sure everybody gets fed every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the best way to look at it is like, you know, talking to your husband and say, honey, it's party time. That's it. No one's home. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Tonight is the first night I can think of where for Halloween, we're actually mm-hmm. going to go out and we probably, we, we don't have a lot of kids on our streets. So I don't feel mm-hmm. obligated to stay home and pass out candy. I'm going to be yeah. downtown in the land, mm-hmm. just, just seeing all the other people in costumes. It's going to mm-hmm. be so much fun. <laughs> well, wonderful. That's really wonderful. When did you discover you have a special gift in connecting with spirit? I think in my family, it was always sort of taken for granted. I remember growing up, my dad, who was a mailman, used mm-hmm. to talk, us, talk to us about his out-of-body experiences. And mm-hmm. my mother, who was a teacher, would talk to us about her prophetic dreams. Um, we all routinely had deja vu where we could tell each other what was going to happen next. So for for me, it was never, yeah, it was never like I woke up one day and said, oh, I'm a psychic. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. just, I grew up believing everybody had intuition and everybody could tap into mystical knowledge. I think the, the most important thing is that you are open to it and accepting of it. And don't turn it off or deny that it's happening. Very, very interesting. That's that's really wonderful. So, how did spirit make its first their first contact with you as a medium? For me, the mediumship started a few years into doing tarot card readings mm-hmm. when a friend of mine asked if I could contact her late mother. And at first I thought, wow, that is a that is a crazy idea. I had never even mm-hmm. thought about it. And then I decided, well, I can try reading the cards for her spirit, her ghost. Yeah, yeah. Just as if I was reading tarot for a living person sitting with me. And it was such a special reading because her, my friend's question to me was, does my mom miss me? And before I could even turn a card over, I heard a voice in my head that said no, which shocked me. I thought, Mm -hmm. well, that's really rude for her mother to say she doesn't (laughs) miss me. (laughs) And then I heard her spirit laughing, and she said, how can I miss you when I am always with you? Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's really fascinating. And I turned the card over, and I believe it was the Empress card, which is the card of oh. motherhood. Oh, so the whole, wow. the whole experience was really wonderful. Oh, so, yeah, that's over very, the very years, I've kind of adapted the technique, too. I will um, pull cards as if the spirit that we're talking to is physically in the room with us. Mm-hmm. And both the querent, the person I'm reading for, and I, it's almost as though we can feel the spirit come into the room and sit at the table with us. And it wow. does become a conversation because I will, I will typically ask the person I'm reading for, mm-hmm. your loved one is here with us. What, what would you like to say? And then I simply turn over cards to 
to provide the response. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's a wonderful thing. It's not ever scary. It's yeah. hardly mm-hmm. ever. There's always a little bit of sadness involved, but it's sure. If there's such a thing as happy sadness, it it feels so good to make that connection again. I believe so. Yeah, when you're talking like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So true. Is there a difference between a psychic and a medium? Um, not all psychics are mediums. Mediumship is specifically the ability to contact spirits. Mm-hmm. Although I think it's possible for a psychic to transition into becoming a medium simply mm-hmm. again by being open to the experience. I see. And how does psychic operate then from that perspective? Psychics use their sixth sense. And there are lots of varieties of psychic ability, but they all tend to correspond to our own physical senses. So you mm-hmm. can be clairsentient, which means you can... You have sensations or feelings that are psychic. You can be clairaudient, which means you can hear spirits Mm -hmm. talking to you. You can be clairvoyant, which means you see spirits. Um, So they're all just parallels to what we experience Mm -hmm. in our everyday life. Mm -hmm. Interesting. For the most part, I'm I'm clairaudient. I tend to hear spirits more than I Mm -hmm. see them. Ah, interesting. Very, very interesting. Oftentimes, it's not just that voice in your head. I yeah. can literally hear spirits as though there's somebody in the room talking to me. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. And the reason why I asked that question, because when I was growing up in Malaysia, uh, one of my aunts ended up being, I guess, what would a person call and be classified as a medium. But however, in her case, it's like the spirit took over her and you could tell that, you know, she's speaking not necessarily really all the way in tongues, but it's not her. And of course, uh, this is good spirit. And people were asking her for medical solutions or this or that. I hope that makes sense what I'm talking about. So, that exactly. was what I've my association. I'm sorry. I've seen people. I've seen people do that, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's not one mm-hmm. of my gifts, or at least it's not something I've developed. But I trained with James von Prague, who mm-hmm. was the original Ghost Whisperer, who who developed that TV show, The Ghost Whisperer. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. also written a lot of books talking to heaven. And when I was training with him, he actually channeled my grandfather. And I wow. watched him even take on my grandfather's mannerisms. And my grandfather <laughs> was a dancer, so he did a little dance. And oh, it was wow. the most amazing and most amusing thing yeah. I had yeah. ever seen a medium do. Yeah, wow. That's interesting. But for me, what happens, like, what my understanding is, like, my when my aunt, I guess, get back, I guess, <laughs> to this dimension, mm-hmm. she has no idea what the heck she talked about. She had no idea who she call or whatever that is right and so uh and these spirits are just very specific now it's like maybe one of the deities you know the quote-unquote one of the gods not necessarily you know right. it's your grandma this time or your grandpa next time no these are the actual deities so to speak and and that's why people come to her asking for solutions i guess that'll be the best way to put very it very cool yeah yeah so it's just a little bit different when did metaphysics become a passion for you? I think it goes back to my college days when I was studying mm-hmm. philosophy. I was so intrigued with mythology of ancient Greece and Rome. I was mm-hmm. so fascinated by ancient Greek dramas. And all of these, over time, I discovered um, dovetailed with astrology and tarot because astrology describes the ancient gods and goddesses who people imagined as being the planets in the sky, traveling against this cosmic backdrop of the stars of the zodiac. For me, they became a really good way to help us connect with the essential human journal journey, mm-hmm. where we're not we're not reinventing the wheel. We're not all, you know, coming up. We we all we all are singing variations on the same theme song. 
And if I can look at somebody's cards or somebody's birth chart and help explain to them what mythologies are most present in their life experience, it's a really nice way to connect and a really nice way to not feel as though we're alone in the universe. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Wow. Can you tell us the difference between a tarot deck and reading and astrology? Because they... uh, uh, yeah, I, you know, I've always, not to say confused, but it's fascinating to me, to, to, to the differences, I guess. Yeah, the differences are, are very clear in that a tarot deck is a deck of 78 cards with very detailed images, pictures, um, layered with lots of symbols and meanings. And astrology is the study of the planets as they move through the signs and the houses of the zodiac chart. But what I didn't realize until I was several years into my tarot studies Mm -hmm. is that tarot is actually based on astrology. Every single card, every single 78 cards in the deck all correspond to either a planet or a house of the horoscope chart or a degree of the zodiac. And understanding that the cards we see, the images we see on the cards, actually depict ancient mythologies and ancient astrological principles adds so much depth and dimension to readings that I now can't imagine reading tarot without having at least a basic knowledge of astrology. And it's actually one of my best books is called It's not a very clever title, but it's called Tarot and (laughs) Astrology (laughs) because it does describe how every card in a tarot deck corresponds to an astrological principle and a mythic story. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I've just been fascinated because when you look at tarot decks, I mean, there's so many out there, right? And Mm -hmm. what makes them very special, I guess, in a specific way. So perhaps you can educate us on that. <laughs> sure. A lot of people confuse tarot decks with oracle decks. Ah. A tarot deck has a very specific structure. A tarot deck has 78 cards, which are divided into major arcana, which means greater secrets, or minor arcana, which means lesser secrets. The Major Arcana has 22 cards, which depict our journey through life. Each card illustrates a specific milestone, like getting married, getting a new job, moving to a new home. The 56 cards of the Minor Arcana are divided into four suits. So they're kind of just like a playing card deck. Mm -hmm. And those four suits describe everyday people, everyday events, everyday experiences, in four realms. The four suits are wands, cups, swords, and pentacles. The wands symbolize spiritual existence. Cups symbolize emotional life. Um, swords represent intellectual thoughts and ideas and communication. And pentacles represent physical existence. Where we, where we live how we make our money, what we invest our money in, what we treasure, not only for its physical value, but also for its spiritual significance. So you can always tell a tarot deck that it has a very specific structure. Oracle decks are usually much smaller. They typically Mm -hmm. have, I would say on average, maybe two dozen cards. And they're very, very specific to its creator a lot of people don't realize you can actually read tarot cards in conjunction with oracle cards you can do a a standard tarot card layout or spread and then for clarification you can pull a card or two from an oracle deck and depending on how well you know your oracle deck you might be able to to um, interpret it right off the top of your head or you might be able to turn and refer to the author's Um, description of the card. Interesting. Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I guess the, the, the connection, what's, what I'm hearing is this. 
here you have the art of the situation, and then there's a science behind it in a way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I prefer tarot decks to oracle decks because I really like the structure. I like knowing mm-hmm. that there's a definitive meaning for every card. Right, right. I went to Catholic school. I had, I had, I was taught by a very elderly nun named Sister Mary Margaret. Uh-huh. She always used to tell me, Corrine, you can break the rules once you know the rules. So I'm all about mm. knowing the rules first <laughs> and then being creative on top of that, which is why, you know, tarot, every, every card having its specific astrological meaning, every card having its specific legend or mythology behind it, yeah. I use that as a foundation or a jumping off point. Interesting. And there are so many hundreds, actually thousands of tarot decks. Yeah. They're all variations on the same theme. But depending uh, on what your specific interest in is, is mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. find a tarot deck that corresponds to your life experience or your passions. There are dragon decks. There are baseball decks. There are witch <laughs> decks. There are cat decks. <laughs> the deck I use most often is the standard Rider Waite Smith tarot deck that everybody yeah. would recognize if you saw it because yeah. it's classic, it's mythic. And it, it, again, for me, it's that baseline again. I like the structure mm-hmm. of it. Two things came to mind. Number one, you mentioned something about that the deck speaks to you. I'm presuming the person who is reading the deck, not to say the person that you're reading for, correct? For the most part. But sometimes okay. if I know somebody that I'm reading for has a specific interest, Mm-hmm. I will pull a deck from my collection that aligns with that interest. For gotcha. example, if, if I mm-hmm. happen to know somebody is a writer, I'm going to find a writing deck, possibly like uh-huh. an Alice in Wonderland deck. Uh-huh. Yeah. So we can look at the stories and symbols that that person recognizes too. Mm-hmm. Because when I read, it's not just me talking, it's a conversation. Right. Sometimes right. I will say, why do you think this card fell for you? Why do you think we keep seeing this particular card in your layout. And mm-hmm. the people I'm reading for obviously know better than I do what's going on in their life. Right. And so right, once I can right. explain what the basic meaning of the card is, they say, oh, I know exactly how this fits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. How about angel decks? Angel decks generally fall into the category of oracle decks. Ah. Yeah, so they they don't have the same structure as the tarot. I think Mm -hmm. of them, for my own purposes, they would be additional information. They would Mm -hmm. supplement a tarot reading. But I know plenty of readers who only use angel decks, for example, Mm -hmm. and get Mm -hmm. great results with it. Fascinating, fascinating. By the way, you're listening to From My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Teachers Radio, Blueberry Podcasting, TuneIn Radio, MixCloud, Podchaser, Listen Notes, and Hop Hopper. I'm Johnny Tan, your host, and here's a quick reminder to treat yourself to our heart-centered and passion-driven Inspirations for Better Living digital magazine at inspirationsforbetterliving.com. October's theme is Autumn the enchanting season of mindfulness. The magazine offers inspirational stories from our dedicated team of experts to help you navigate your current situation with confidence in your motherhood journey as the COO, if not the CEO, of your family. My guest for this morning is Corrine Kenner. Corrine is an author, astrologer, tarot card reader, and owner of the Haunted Antique Shop in Deland, Florida. She specializes in bringing metaphysical subjects down to earth. As a medium, she uses tarot and astrology to connect with spirits on the other side. Corinne has written over two dozen guidebooks on tarot and astrology and helped create several best-selling tarot decks. Her books have sold more than 200,000 copies and many has been been translated to 14 foreign languages for her world audience. In 2016, Corinne spent a month in a French castle writing a novel, a project that was featured on CNN. She has spoken at tarot conferences across the United States, Canada, and England. Corinne is also one of our featured experts in our October Inspirations for Better Living magazine. So please go to inspirationsforbetterliving.com to read her delightful story in the Heart of the Stove section. 
Our kitchen table conversation this morning is about her remarkable life's journey and her latest book, Gently Haunted, True Stories from the Haunted Antique Shop. Well, Corrine, why did you decide to write Gently Haunted? That's kind of a long story. And to start, <laughs> I have to go back to <laughs> almost four years ago when I was looking for an office space where I could write and teach writing and host mm-hmm. a writer's group. Because more than anything, I think of myself as an author, as a writer. So I was looking online for available office space when I saw this vintage shop that was for sale three blocks from my house. The minute I saw it online, I knew it would be my space. Um, It cost just a little more than renting an office space. Mm -hmm. And my husband grew up in his father's flea market up in Michigan. And he said, yeah, you know, it's not like you're going to be busy nonstop. He said, you can write when there's nobody in the shop. And when people come in, that'll be a good opportunity for you to get up and stretch your legs and sell, <laughs> you know, sell some vintage merchandise and maybe help defray the cost of the office space. So yeah. we did that. We bought the business. Um, I've always liked antiques. I, didn't, I wouldn't have ever mm-hmm. said I was an expert in antiques. I still wouldn't. I still have to research everything <laughs> that comes in. but shortly after moving into the space I noticed that odd things would happen the shop Mm -hmm. itself is is based in a 1920 craftsman bungalow so it's just cute as heck but I would notice (laughs) that lights turn on and off doors would open and close Um, I would hear voices and footsteps in empty rooms Mm-hmm. And most of all, merchandise would move mysteriously. I would put something in one room and it would show up in a different spot. Or I would arrange my merchandise one way and when I would come in the next morning, it would have repositioned itself. Mm-hmm. And we have we have several theories as to why. At first and said, well, maybe this is your grandfather's spirit who is very playful. <laughs> he said, I think your grandfather is coming into the shop and saying hello mm-hmm and repositioning things for you. So we decided that we would, you know, kind of maybe start promoting it a little bit as a haunted antique shop, but we didn't want to go crazy. We didn't want to make it look like (laughs) this is a, you know, a weird place. Yeah. But the more we, the more we told people that the shop is haunted, first of all, the more people wanted to come see it. Mm -hmm. And secondly, the more haunted it became. The more we allowed mystical things to happen, the more results we got. And at this point, we see something happen pretty much every day. For me, the most (laughs) common thing that I'll notice is that I'll be writing in my office, Mm -hmm. and I'll hear the the door open. And we have, Mm -hmm. like a lot of shops, we have a bell on the door that shines and it opens. So that's my first alert to to get up and greet the visitors. So I'll hear the I'll hear the doorbell ring. I'll hear the door open. I'll hear people walking in. I'll hear their footsteps. I'll hear them talking to each other. And then I'll hear the door close behind them. Mm-hmm. And by this time I'm I'm up from my desk. I walk into the main room of the shop and I'll say, "Hi, welcome to the haunted antique shop." And there will be no one there. <laughs> Hey, you just missed them. Have you ever thought about that? (laughs) You're tap too late. Sometimes I wonder. Sometimes I will go open the door and stick my head out to see if somebody came and turned around. No, it's it's ghosts. And so I'll laugh and say, well, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Well, were you guided to buy the antique shop, per se, before you found out it was haunted? I think I was. I think uh-huh. I think it was destiny. You know how sometimes things happen and they're just right. choiceless or effortless and everything just flows? That's how mm-hmm. it's been with, with the antique shop. Very, very interesting. Now, were the previous owner, uh, did the previous owner acknowledge that it was sort of haunted? And it was not Absolutely. in the disclosure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've, I've talked to the owner of the building. I leased the building. So I uh-huh. talked to him and his wife. 
And mm-hmm. his wife especially has said that when they, they actually lived in the house for a few years mm-hmm. and that they had cats who were constantly looking at something they couldn't see, constantly mm-hmm. chasing around the house as if they were either chasing or being chased. And she said, right, yeah, she right. often got the feeling that there were other presences in the home. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> So who yes. are now we think, these ghosts? Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We yeah. think we're haunted. We think that the house is haunted by the original inhabitants. Mm-hmm. I did. I did some research to find out who they might have been. Yeah. Um, the first two people who lived in the house in 1920 were named James and Lucinda, mm-hmm. and James was a chauffeur because this is Florida, and a lot of people spent winters in Florida even mm-hmm. back in mm-hmm. 1920. And so he would have driven people around to the golf courses, to the clubs, to the theaters, mm-hmm. to restaurants for dinner. And so he would have been um, working a lot of evenings. And he would have been sort of an emissary. And that's kind of the same feeling we get when James visits in the house. Mm-hmm. And I've heard him and customers have heard him. He tends to hang around by the back door which is where he would have come and gone from. And he says, hey, or hi, or hello. I mean, just a a really nice-sounding man. Yeah. We also have a rocking chair in the front parlor by the old fireplace in the corner. Mm -hmm. And we've started calling it Lucinda's chair because it sometimes (laughs) rocks on its own. Mm -hmm. And we say, Mm -hmm. well, that's Lucinda. She's waiting for James to come home. Mm Mm-hmm. Our most active spirit is probably the ghost of Annette Dennis. We call her Miss mm-hmm. Dennis because she was mm-hmm. a music teacher back during the early 40s. Mm-hmm. And she controls our sound system. <laughs> because she lived in the, in the 40s, she likes um, big band music and Frank right. Sinatra and mm-hmm. that whole era of music. She also likes classical piano music because mm-hmm. she was a piano teacher. So we can play that music all day, all night. We can play the standards of the 30s and 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. But if we decide to change things up and play anything modern, <laughs> the music turns itself off. Oh. <laughs> hey, you could do this or you could play Michael Jackson Thriller. <laughs> Well, the kids, when they come in after, uh-huh. you know, after regular hours, if we're doing something special in the shop, the kids will turn on rap music or, right, right, you know, right. Austin mm-hmm. Bieber or uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Harry Styles. <laughs> and it plays like three notes, and then it, you can just practically hear it screeching to a halt. It just will not play. <laughs> the one modern guy she does like is Michael Bublé, but then again, that's because he sounds like he's from the 50s. Right, he he sang all the he remade a bunch of a Sinatra song and so forth. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that's kind of our compromise. I typically have Michael Bublé playing in the shop. <laughs> very very interesting. Now, are all these ghosts friendly or are some of them scary? They're all friendly. I've I've actually mm-hmm. set it up with with. Um, if you want to call it warding or protection, that mm-hmm, only mm-hmm. friendly, kind spirits are welcome. Yeah, we've yeah. had a couple. We've had a couple upsetting experiences with negative energy, negative spirits. Yeah. But mm-hmm. believe it or not, those are spirits that have come in with some of our customers, mm-hmm. who just have a real sort of. I, I guess they have attachments to these negative spirits. Mm-hmm. They don't stay long. The, the customers themselves get uncomfortable, I think, because of the good energy and mm-hmm. leave quickly, and so do the upsetting spirits. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Now, when you talk about spirits and so forth, now, how do they reveal themselves to the shoppers? A lot of times people will just say, you know, I feel like my grandmother is here or I feel Uh like my late husband is here. But we've also had a couple of cute experiences. I can think of one that's in the book. A woman, an older woman came in Mm -hmm. and she she said, I had a a calendar, one of those 
perpetual calendars where you use mm-hmm. you, you flip the dates to make today's date. She came in and I had set this perpetual calendar to a random date, and she said, "Oh, that was my mother's birthday." I'll just say June 28th. I don't remember what the actual date was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I said, "Isn't that nice?" And then she looked around the rest of the shop and. She kind of oohed and odd, and there were a lot of things she liked in the <laughs> shop. But as she left without buying anything, she said, you know, I was really hoping I'd get a sign from my mother. And I looked at her, and I said, <laughs> "You did, ma'am, that is literally a sign <laughs> from mm-hmm, your mm-hmm, mother, mm-hmm. this calendar that hangs on the wall and had your mother's birth date. Yeah. And she yeah. left. She said, oh, ha, ha, cute, but she still didn't buy the calendar. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> well, to each is his own. My actual one-on-one experience, and I talked about my aunt in the beginning, but that was, again, uh, seeing things, okay, yeah, it's not quite the same. It's like, you know, you're once removed or whatever you want to call it, right, as a kid. But uh, what happened was when my mom passed on several years ago, it was interesting to whereby. Uh, of course, I live in the United States. I got a call on a Saturday morning and said, hey, Johnny, mom is in ICU. Uh, get back as quickly as you can. Uh, I don't think she can make it past the night. And I was telling my sister Lang, I said, uh, I just want to let you know I can own my own plane. I can't be there by tonight. Yeah. <laughs> this is not going to happen. And I said, I'll leave the best uh, way I can uh, to be there in time. But by the way, if anything happens, just take her home because she was in the hospital. My mom was in the hospital, and she has always told us. She's very particular. It's very, very interesting. She's very particular about the fact that uh, she wants to be in her bed, in her house, you know, when she passed on. And then, interestingly enough, over the years, she's very particular when she says, if anything happened to me, if uh, this is the outfit that I like to have when you when you all put me in the coffin <laughs> kind of thing. Uh-huh. So it's very, very interesting. Even when she visited me in the United States, she says, okay, I want you to know, you know, this is the deal. Okay. All right. Got it. <laughs> but anyway, so I finally got home uh, that by the time I flew up on Monday because of time differences and so forth, she's halfway around the world, got in on Wednesday uh, mid morning. And after freshening up at the house, went to the, Hospital, she was still alive. Uh, of course, she's certainly not, uh, you know, uh, I know she knows that I'm there because I did tell my sister, I said, tell mom that I'm on my way. So I was the one, uh, well, together with my sister and, and uh, we brought her home uh, and I was the one who was actually manning the uh, ventilator system, got her uh, comfortable on her uh, uh, on her bed and so forth. And everybody was crying, but I was like, I'm I'm okay with it, and I was kissing her head and stroking her hair and saying, "Mom, it's okay. You're fine. It, you know, it's okay to leave right now." So, needless to say, as she took the last breath, everything was fine and so forth. Uh, and in Asia, not necessarily everyone does that now, but back then, we do the awakening at the house. So sure. we actually have her coffin awakening at the house for five days. And I believe it was the third day, third night, because the fact that, uh, you know, that I was different because uh, I'm awake at night because I have to do some work. And part of the awake process is to make sure that all the incense are burning. You don't want anything to be running out or the candles and so forth. So I remember one time, on the, I think on the third night, uh, where all of a sudden there was a white moth gently flying around a casket, and then it flew into her room. And, of course, I was following it with my iPhone trying to take a picture. <laughs> uh-huh. Wasn't very successful. It just disappeared. The next morning, I told my sister about it, and my sister was telling me that sort of and he, in a nonchalant way and said, oh, yeah, I saw uh, that white moth the day that you were flying home and as I was cleaning the house, and I did tell the moth, under my breath is saying, well, if there's a good spirit, you can hang out. If there's not, please leave me alone. And this moth kind of followed me to the bathroom, to the kitchen, and all that kind of stuff. I said, oh, interesting. So that was one yeah. event. 
And then the next event actually happened uh, after the funeral, seven days after, uh, two days after. So it's the seventh day, so to speak. And I finally went into her room and remember all this while I, you know, I've never really cried. Uh, and I sat in her room and I, I remember sitting on a couple of stools, well, one of the stools, because she had bought the tiny stools for my sister and I when we were kids. So I was sitting on this bamboo stool. And that's when I started breaking, uh, you know, started crying. And my sister was passed by the room and saw me, she kind of left me alone. And then as I was looking at the armoire, uh, her armoire, my mother's armoire, she has a blouse hanging uh, on a hanger. And it started moving because I was kind of basically saying, you know, like, hey, I'm leaving in a couple of days, you know, and I uh, just want to let you know that I'm heading back to the United States. And for some reason or another, I mentioned uh, – if you want me to take your blouse, please move it. And that blouse moved. <laughs> yeah, and, and you're talking about this is the interior room now, okay, right? So it's not like we have a breeze coming from the outside or the fan is on or something like that. And so, mm-hmm. and then I'm, I'm looking, okay, great. You know, maybe I'm too emotional here. <laughs> I called my sister into the room and I said, uh, Ling, you got to watch this, okay? Uh, I asked mom if I should take this blouse to please move it, and it moved. So I said, stand, stand, stand right here, okay? And so she did, and I asked, and it moved in front of both of us. And she, of course, again, my sister, nonchalant, said, oh, okay, well, great. You just take the blouse, and I'll take her sarong on the bed. It's like, oh, uh, you know, like, what? You know, she said, oh, yeah, you know, you take the blouse and I'll take the sarong. Uh, she said, you know, that's good. I'm glad that mom, you know, did that. And I said, well, uh, but, and then before I could say anything, she said, oh, by the way, this is the outfit that mom passed. And then, of course, uh-huh. when she was in the coffin, she has a different outfit, you see. So this is the outfit that mom actually passed from. And, and I said, oh, you didn't put it in the coffin? said, no, I just, you know, she, remember she wants to wear the other one, and so this one I washed it and just kind of hang it over here. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, you know. But uh, I tell you one thing. Yeah, yeah. It, it, so that changes the dynamics of how I feel about spirituality and so forth. And, and I have to tell you, though, Corrine, uh, is that it's empowering. I don't know how else to explain it. It's like. I think uh, I know what you mean because it's. It's like validation mm-hmm. that there is something more than we can see or sense yes. with our physical yes. senses. Yeah. One yeah. of the things I've been most surprised by at the shop is how mm-hmm. many people come in and want to share their own ghost stories with me. Mm-hmm. And I, enough so that I'm actually starting to, to compile them in what will mm-hmm. be another book sometime down the road. So I'm hoping you'll let me use that story in my collection. Um, it, it'll be my pleasure because the antique shop. yeah, because it'll be my pleasure because to me, you know, my mom has always told me years ago, and part of you know the recipe for living life, so to speak, that I've got from all my various moms is like the answers are all, all around you. The question is, are you tapped into it? Yeah, and a beautiful way to put it. Yeah. And and so it was fascinating, you know, and it was a, a shot of like that, like I said, that both the confidence. And it was funny uh, being there when she passed and so forth. Uh, very few people had the opportunity, like say, to really experience that. I mean, come to think of it, like say somebody could be like lying next to you and when they're gone, they're gone. I mean, you know, you're not there, right? But me being going through the whole experience because my dad passed on uh, years before and I wasn't there, obviously. But to, to experience that, and it gave me a different sensation, spearing in the sense that I'm not afraid, I guess. Never, not that I was afraid before, but certainly not now. That doesn't mean I'm going to be chasing after a bullet or anything like that, but it's just a right. different feeling. That's all I could say, you know? A lot of times I do readings for people who have lost somebody, and one of their main questions is, did they suffer or did it hurt mm-hmm. when they died? Mm-hmm. And spirit, several spirits have actually shown me what it feels like to die. 
mm-hmm. which is a very strange experience. I was reading for a, a middle-aged couple who had lost a teenage daughter, and that was their main concern. She had been killed in a car accident, and they wow. said, did she suffer? Yeah. And at that moment, the, the girl that we were reading said, no, it felt like this. And all of a sudden, I felt like this whooshing sensation mm-hmm. um, going up through my head and out the top of my head. And I, I almost, almost, it almost felt like I was going to pass out. It was that mm-hmm. dizzy rush of energy out of the top of my head. And mm-hmm. she said, and just like that, I was gone. And so I described it to the, the parents, mm-hmm. and they just, they just kind of exhaled with almost, <laughs> well, definitely a sense of relief, yeah. like, oh, thank yeah. God. Yeah, yeah. But she, she didn't hurt. Right. Well, because we sense that the crushing effect, right? We see the physical destruction. Whereas from a yeah. spiritual standpoint of view, like even like I was, uh, when I was telling you, for example, like I was kissing my mom's head and stroking her hair, I just felt that gentleness, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You see, mm-hmm. the transition from that perspective. And, yeah. you know, maybe I'd watch too many movies. <laughs> but it, it is, it's that feeling, that gentleness, the loving gentleness. Now, of course, in that kind of situation where it's a sort of dramatic, the 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 transition process process might be a sprint, not a marathon, but it still right. is painless, like what you said. Right. So I think to me that yeah. would be the difference, you know. So, uh, did you have ghost hunters or paranormal investigators check out your shop? We have. We've had several teams come in, and that's one of the services we offer because apparently mm-hmm. it's really hard to find haunted locations that will welcome investigators. Really? We do open our shop after hours, mm-hmm. yeah. And we have teams generally of two, three, four people come in, and they set up all their equipment. It's been a real <laughs> education for me to see what what technology they use. Yes. They set up these laser grids with these red uh-huh. lights and a dot pattern and hope that something will move through and make the lights flicker. They use, yeah. it's really funny, they use cat toys. Little um, mm. little plastic balls with bells mm-hmm. in them, mm-hmm. and those will move around. They'll, they'll ask if there's a spirit present. Will they please move the this right, little right. ball with a bell in it? Yeah, they use EMF meters. We actually have mm-hmm. a couple EMF meters in the shop. That stands for electromagnetic frequency, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that will light up if there's energy present. Mm-hmm. So people love walking around the shop, seeing what areas are most active. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, a lot of a lot of them use, um, and, and I can't think of the actual name for it, but they do recordings where they will ask a question on either their phone recorder or a digital mm-hmm, tape recorder, mm-hmm. and wait for the spirit to respond, and then play it back. So you can hear on the tape, you can hear them asking, "Is there anyone here?" And in real life, we don't hear an answer, but when they play the right. tape back, they'll hear, "Yes." And then you Interesting. can ask follow-up questions like, what is your name? And we yeah. heard the name Mary. Mary uh, is one of the women who lived in the house. Or wow, we've wow. even picked up on spirits who didn't actually live in the house, yeah. but lived in the area, and we have their photos in the shop. So they come when they're called as well. It's Interesting. It's really fascinating to see people do investigations. Very, very interesting. So now you have the resident spirit, so to speak, and then you have the neighborhood spirit. <laughs> the neighborhood haunts, we call them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. How do we identify the spirits around us? And can we use pendulum to communicate with them? Pendulums are one of the easiest, best ways to communicate mm-hmm. with the spirit world. A pendulum is simply any weighted object. Um, We use antique or vintage keys for our pendulums. Suspended from a a light chain or a silk ribbon. Um, And you simply will hang this weighted object from a chain or a ribbon and hold it very, very still between your thumb and your forefinger. The first step is to ask it, show me how you'll move for yes. And mm-hmm. even without you doing anything, uh, the pendulum will start to swing. Generally, for me, it's like back and forth for yes. And then I ask it to show me no, and it will go side to side. Mm-hmm. 
So it's basically either looks like a head nodding yes or a head shaking <laughs> head no. And from there, it becomes kind of a game of 20 questions. We can say, mm-hmm. is there a spirit present? Mm-hmm. We we talk to the spirits in the shop as though they are still alive. We don't say, were you a man? We say, are you a man? Or uh, are you a woman? Yeah, yeah. And say, did your name start with, and we start going down the alphabet. But here's the mm-hmm. weird thing. Once you start communicating with a spirit in that way, mm-hmm. you will start to actually hear the answers in your head before you see the chain even moving. So it's a great way to develop your own intuition and your own psychic mm-hmm. ability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you can start going through the alphabet. Is your Did your name start with A or B? And all of a sudden you'll hear George. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's That's very so, interesting. Very, very interesting. It's so, it actually is really fun. It's a really nice yeah. way to make contact, a nice way to get specific answers to yes or no questions. Very, very interesting. So, yeah, when so you we talk sell about... them at the shop. We call them spirit keys. Ah, Okay. Now, uh, coming yeah, back to you. Came up with that name. Spirit piece. I love it. <laughs> Spirit keys, like a key in a yeah. door. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spirit keys, yes. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, so coming back to that concept again, now, does objects uh, possess the, the energy or now you have spirit as a person who is an entity? So... Is there a big difference in that? I don't think there's, I don't think there are objects that are actually possessed. Some people call them possessed possessions. Yeah. I think think objects can be a draw for spirits. Mm -hmm. I think spirits Mm -hmm. can be attracted to objects that they either owned or remind them of something they owned in life. Yeah. But I don't think, I don't think spirits are trapped in any objects. I don't even think spirits, for example, are trapped on the earthly plane. I mm-hmm. think they're free to come and go. They they mm-hmm. often will call, come when they're invited in. They often will come if we're thinking about them or talking about them. But they are they are timeless, which means they can come and go and dip in and out of our reality as they will. Interesting. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So... Are there spirits around me and you right now? If so, who uh, who and why? And if, is there any message that I or you need to hear? Well, you know, you you um you mentioned whether or not maybe I could pull a tarot card for today's mm-hmm. session. So I did go ahead and pull a card at random. And you're not going to believe this, but I got the death card. The death card is one almost everybody recognizes. It's the grim reaper dressed in a full <laughs> suit of armor, marching across a battlefield. He's mowing down kings and princes on his way. He's he's about to um, encounter a bishop. There's a young girl in the card. There's a toddler child in the card. It's basically a reminder that death is part of life. The one thing I do like about the death card, it, you know, mm-hmm. it looks a little, it looks a little scary, but mm-hmm. the death card features very prominently a gateway in the background with two white columns and a sun rising in the east. And mm-hmm. so, when the death card falls in a tarot reading, I will often say, "This isn't, this isn't a harbinger of doom. This isn't a portent of, of ill, you know, ill fortune," but it's. It's a call for you to recognize that something in your life has died. Mm-hmm. Something in your life is no longer playing the role that it should. And it's a reminder to you that it's time to release what's not working in your life and let new things come in for you. The amazing thing about pulling the death card today is that it is Halloween and it is a day where we are all in touch with the reality of death, that we're all sort of mm-hmm. open to communication with the other side. So mm-hmm. I think the message for us is to be open to spirit contact and recognize that spirits are always around us. They're not watching us. They're not mm-hmm. scary, spectral, you know, ghosts that will haunt us. Mm -hmm. But the spirits of people we have loved and lost 
are still present and still willing to reach out and answer our questions in whatever way we want to approach them, whether it's through tarot or oracle cards or spirit key pendulums. It's very, very possible to communicate with the spirit world, especially on a holiday like Halloween. Mm-hmm. Interesting. If I may share my take of it, it uh, to, to kind of give you the uh, you know why uh, I guess you know not to say I've always looked at uh, the glass half full in a way I guess, <laughs> and so interestingly enough with that card that you pulled the death card is that uh, in many ways you know I'm I have a smile on my face in the sense that uh, over the years I've gone through some very challenging times over the last several years and so forth. And now I'm on the verge, and I, you know, of doing something, uh, launching different things and whatnot. And I felt like, uh, like every death, there's a new beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's what I sense. I, you know, I, I may be wrong. <laughs> no, every yeah, every new beginning comes from the ending of something else. And it's yeah, like you mentioned before, it. it it can be a very graceful transition. It can be gentle, mm-hmm. but we do mm-hmm. have to acknowledge what's dead and buried and then move on with the rest of our lives. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Very and Halloween interesting. Is, is culturally Halloween is just a time when that's something on everyone's mind and everyone's willing to maybe be open to the, the possibility of the spirit realm. Yes, Definitely. What is the best way to protect ourselves from negative energy? Well, I think prayer is important. I think asking for help from guardian angels and guardian spirits who might be people you knew in life is Mm -hmm. invaluable. So I never recommend opening yourself up to just any stranger who happens to be walking through your neighborhood, whether that's a real person or somebody who is passed on. I think it's good to be smart and to recognize that if you are going to be in communication with the spirit realm, that it's best to go in with whatever spiritual protection seems to work for you, whether it's prayer, whether it's a cross on a necklace, whether it's Mm -hmm. a white candle, visualizing yourself surrounded by white light, or calling out to guardian angels and guardian spirits. All mm-hmm. are good mm-hmm. Very interesting. That's true. Well, that's very, very good. Do you have any advice for someone skeptical about the spirit realm? You know, I don't know if it's advice, but my experience has been that even people who come into the shop with almost a challenge when they say, is this place really haunted or do you really have ghosts around here? I've learned to take a breath and wait Mm -hmm. because if I answer calmly, yes, those are the people who start telling me their ghost stories. A lot of times people who seem most skeptical are actually the ones who most desperately want to believe but need a safe place to allow that to happen. It's one of the reasons I started collecting customer ghost stories because I've been surprised (laughs) so many times by the people who will walk in and I'll think, oh, here's somebody who wants to pick a fight with me. No, these are people Uh, who desperately are looking for a connection. uh Uh-huh, interesting, very, very interesting. Well, where can someone go to get more information about you, buy your books and products, and keep up with your latest happenings? The best place is probably hauntedantiqueshop.com. Hauntedantiqueshop.com. Although you can find us kind of all over the web. Just search for Haunted Antique Shop. You'll find our social media channels. You'll find videos. There's a lot of information on there. And, of course, the the book is, um, all my books are available on Amazon as well. Wonderful, wonderful. What is next for you? Well, I'm finally starting to to finish some of those novels I've been working on, the novels that I started wanting to write at the Haunted Antique Shop. So those are Mm -hmm. starting to come out. And, of course, a collection of customer ghost stories. So if anybody wants to reach out to me with a ghost story of their own that I could include in the book, 
That would be wonderful, too. And you can just find me through Haunted Antique Shop. That's wonderful. That's really great. Corrine, thank you for – that's really wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you for being with me, uh, Corrine, this morning from My Mama's Kitchen Talk Radio. To all our listeners, please join me in two days, Wednesday, November 2nd at 12 noon, Central Time, my guest will be Amy Newmark, the publisher and editor-in-chief for Chicken Soup for the Soul. Amy and I will be having a conversation about their latest release, Chicken Soup for the Soul, My Wonderful Wacky Family, 101 Loving Stories About Our Crazy, Quirky Families. Just in time for Thanksgiving, by the way. (laughs) For additional information about this show and future shows, please go to FromMyMama'sKitchenTalkRadio.com. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week. Corinne, it has been a true pleasure. Thank you again and have a very blessed day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank thank you. Bye-bye.